Praise the Lord everybody, this is Brother Paxton. I'm coming to you today from Benzonia, Michigan. And um, I've been going over a section of scripture here in Exodus and I've been looking at the call of Moses. And a couple of things struck me tremendously interesting to me uh, as I was reading through Exodus chapter 4. And I, I basically see where Moses gives two main excuses for why he cannot fulfill the call of God on his life. Okay, and I think the underlying factor for any excuse that we might give would be fear. Uh, it's fear of the unknown, it's fear of what people will think, it's, it's trepidation over how we're going to be received. But these fear manifest themselves in Exodus chapter 4 in a couple of different excuses that Moses gives. And I'm going to read quite a little bit of scripture, but I'm breaking it down into two sections. The first excuse, Moses said, they will not believe me. And the second excuse, he said, I am slow of speech. Okay? So these are basically Moses' two excuses for why he's telling God, I can't do what you want me to do. First of all, they won't believe me. And secondly, I'm slow of speech. Let's read the word of God in Exodus chapter 4. Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, Ah, the Lord has not appeared to you. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I, in ministry I get that all the time. Well, I don't really agree with that. Well, I don't really think the Lord would have told you that. And this was the, one of the first things on Moses' mind. Suppose they will not believe me. Suppose they will... Uh, not listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him in verse 2, What is that in your hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. So Moses cast his rod on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses was so startled, he ran from it. The Bible says he fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So I want to show you this was another fear that Moses had when he saw this miracle of God, when he saw he cast his rod to the ground and it became a serpent and Moses runs away in fear. He's startled by the miracle. God says, reach out and take it by the hand. Glory be to God. I want to encourage you today. When, when God is doing miracles all around you in your life and ministry, reach out and take them by the hand. Embrace the hard place that God has you. Embrace the difficult times that you're going for, uh, going through. Reach out and take them by the hand because God is about to do amazing things in your heart and life. And so Moses reached out his hand and caught it. And it became a rod in his hand again. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you can walk in such an anointing on your life. You can walk in such peace when the whole world around about you is in turmoil. You can walk in such peace calmness and serenity before the Lord in the midst of the most troubling of times that people will look at you and they will say the Lord has appeared to you God is with that man 
God is with that woman as we go through these times, these tumultuous times in which we live. God wants to manifest His presence in your life. And this was how He answered Moses' first excuse, they will not believe me. And God said, if you will walk humbly before me, if you will obey my voice, if you will obey my word, if you will allow the Holy Spirit to develop the compassionate heart of Jesus on the inside of you, you're going to walk and live in such a way that they will believe you because they will know that I am with you. In verse 6 it says, Furthermore, the Lord said to him, Now put your hand in your bosom. And so Moses put his hand in his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. And God said to Moses again, Put your hand in your bosom again. So he put his hand in his bosom again, and drew it out of his bosom, and behold, it was restored like the other flesh. So here we see a second miracle. God just didn't do one thing to show himself strong to Moses. He's done two. That then it will be if they do not believe you or heed the message of the first sign that they may believe the message of the latter sign and it shall be that if they do not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice that you shall take water from the river and pour it on the dry land and the water which you take from the river will become blood on the dry land now that third sign is bound to get somebody's attention. Amen? And here's the thing God's saying to Moses. Moses, I know you don't understand. I know you can't see my perspective on everything that's going on in your world. And, and, and I know you don't understand why I picked you to be my man. But here's the deal. He said, I'm, I'm going to prove to you once. I'm going to prove to you twice. I'm going to prove to you three times and people will receive you uh, in the process of these signs. Here's, here's what God's saying to us. He's saying to us, be consistent. Be consistent in your walk with Jesus. And, and people will look at you and they will see the days when nobody wants to hear what you have to say. They will see those times that, that it seems like people are staying away in crowds. And nobody cares or could care less about your ministry or your life. But be consistent. Be consistent to walk with God and to obey His voice. Because God has some signs that He wants to show through your life. So that people will believe in Jesus Christ. And that's the ultimate bottom line for all of us. Why do we live for God? We live for God because we want people to see Christ in us. We want people to receive Christ as their Savior through the way we behave towards them and through the gospel that we share with them. So Moses' second excuse will start in verse 10. He said, I'm slow of speech. So, so Moses has just gone through this. They won't believe me. God gives him three signs, okay? Then he says, I'm slow of speech. Sometimes we are so stubborn and persistent in our desire to do something other than what God has given us to do. I mean, God will give us the, the simplest of tasks to test our faithfulness, but because we want the big visible ministry, sometimes we fail in the small mundane tasks 
But those tasks mean a great deal to God and a great deal to other people. And we can't see that sometimes if we're focused on our excuses or if we see too much of our own vision that we become blinded to the vision that God has for us. And see, God may have given you that big vision. God may have destined you to speak to millions, but you've got to start with one. You've got to start with five. You've got to start with 20. And you've got to do it good then. And sometimes we have a hard time seeing that. So Moses' second excuse, I am slow speech. Let's read in verse 10 and pick up our narrative there. <clears throat> then Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to Moses, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? In other words, God's telling Moses, I've made your mouth. I know all about you. I am your creator. I made you. Now therefore, go. He tells Moses, now therefore, because I am the maker of Moses, I tell you, Moses, go, and I will be with your mouth. And I will teach you what you will say. And that's true for all of us. You know, as a preacher, and as somebody who's preached the gospel for over 36 years, I've never realized as greatly as I do now in this moment that I can't just preach any old thing I want to preach. I'm called to preach what God puts in my heart to preach. And, and I'll tell you, it costs you relationships at times. It costs you friends. People get angry sometimes when you really give a word that God wants given in this season. When you really give a word that people need to hear. For example, we're calling the body of Christ in our meetings and on our programs, whether radio or television, we're calling the body of Christ away from childish, babyish, uh, carnal behavior in the church. And we're calling God's people to come together in unity and in love. And I'll tell you, people get offended sometimes. But you know what? The Lord is teaching us what we need to say. That's what he told Moses. He said, I will be with your mouth, and I will teach you what you shall say. But he said, oh my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. Lord God, just get anybody else to do this but me, please. That's what Moses told God. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. I want you to understand something right there. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. There's been times in my life where the anger of the Lord was kindled against the land pastor because of my excuses, because of my disobedience, because of my failing to, to seek after his presence. But here's the thing about this anger of the Lord. I mean, God could have atomized Moses on the spot, but he didn't do it. The anger of the Lord is redemptive rather than punitive. In this time frame that we're living now, especially in the dispensation of grace. And so God allows us to go through some things to teach us the value of His presence and to teach us the value 
that he means what he says when he says, I will go with you, I will teach you, I will give you signs, and I will use your life as a sign among the people. But sometimes our trust level, it takes a while to get up there. And sometimes it does anger the Lord. But in His anger, He does not destroy us. In His anger, He actually redeems us. Let's finish this reading where it says, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. Now this is God talking to Moses. Remember now, God got angry with Moses because of his excuses. And because Moses said, I don't want the job you've picked for me. Just give it to anybody else. How many today, how many of you that are watching me right now, you know, you want to do something great for God. You love God, but you don't want to do what he's asking you to do. You want to do something else. So if God said to Moses, he said, Isn't Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. And look, he is also coming out to meet you right now. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth. God, in other words, God is saying, I'm going to tell you what to say, Moses. You're going to tell Aaron exactly what I've told you to say. And Aaron's going to speak it to the people. And he says, I will teach you what you shall do. So he shall be your spokesman to the people. And he himself shall be as a mouth for you. And you shall be to him as God. And you shall take his rod in your hand with which you shall do the sign. So here it closes off Moses' two excuses. They will not believe me. I am slow of speech. God proved to him the first time, I can get the people to believe you. But he still, Moses still stubbornly persisted in his second excuse until finally God got angry and said, all right, I'm going to tell you what to say. You're going to tell it to your brother Aaron, and Aaron's going to speak for you, but you're going to take the rod and you're going to do the signs. And so what I'm telling you is this. If you look at this pattern in Moses' life, it, it can, this, this pattern of behavior never quite got worked out of Moses completely. And eventually, because of different behavior and a different story, a different scenario, but eventually Moses got to where he could only look over and see the promised land, but he couldn't enter. And that can happen to you and I too, that God will use us all he can because he loves us. And God will even, at times, if you will, compromise in a situation and let you do some of what you want to do. And He will get somebody to help you that will bring it close to, to what He originally wanted, but you will lose out in the end. Just as Moses ended up doing because he never could get a handle on this behavior that started right here. And years later, Moses got closer to God he walked more in the presence of God, but there was still this little bit of him left there. And ultimately, it cost him going into the land. He could only look and see it before he died. And you know the story. The Lord buried Moses. Moses was a great man. Moses loved God, and God loved Moses. But folks, 
it's tremendously important that we allow our excuses to die the death of the cross, that we allow our dreams and our own idea of the way things should be to die the death of the cross, you see, because since Christ, since the cross, God lets us have these chances and He wants to take every one of us into everything He has for us. So we need to get over our excuses. We need to get over our discouragements. We need to get over our depressions. We need to get over these things that would try to steal the destiny that God has for us. And you can do it. The answer to Moses' excuses was God Almighty. The presence of God, the power of God, and the love of God. The answer to my excuses and to your excuses is the precious shed blood of Jesus Christ, the power of Jesus Christ, and the love of Jesus Christ. So from Benzonia, Michigan, for this telecast, this is evangelist Len Paxton. We've been talking about Moses' two excuses. Please let your excuses die and let the power of God live big in your life. Go with God and he will go with you.